how do you rebuild trust when it is broken? You don't think a lot about oxygen, right? But without it, you're not going to last long. Today, we're going to talk about oxygen as it relates to relationships, business relationships, personal relationships. What is the oxygen that you don't think about, but it is literally the thing that keeps relationships alive? Some of you have already guessed it. It's trust. If you have earned trust or are able to give trust, everything goes better. We're going to talk about both your relationships and the relationships that you have as a small business owner with your customers on today's podcast. Our guest is Dr. Henry Cloud. He's written a lot of great books, Boundaries. He is so good at providing a roadmap on how to earn trust, rebuild trust. If things aren't going well for you relationally with your spouse, with your kids, with your customers, I guarantee today we're going to talk about why, and you're going to be able to know what to do about it. With that, I want to welcome you to the Business Made Simple podcast brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network. Every week, we help you optimize your small business for revenue and profit using our six-step plan. You can create your own six-step plan for growth at smallbusinessflightplan.com. I am your host, Donald Miller. Hey, it's podcast producer Bobby Richards. And before we jump into today's conversation, I want to let you know about an event that we are all super excited about here at Business Made Simple, HubSpot's annual inbound conference that's happening in Boston. And we know you're going to love it too. So mark your calendars for September 5th through the 8th, 2023, and at Inbound, you can catch talks from amazing spotlight talent like Reese Witherspoon, yeah, Derek Jeter, and Andrew Huberman. There'll be multiple stages featuring industry experts and tracts from sales strategy all the way to AI and innovation. You're going to walk away with practical tips that you can put into action immediately. Plus, you're going to get to connect with other leaders and some of the most exciting and innovative companies in the world. And it's all at HubSpot's annual inbound conference, September 5th through the 8th, 2023. So get your tickets before they sell out at inbound.com. That's I-N-D-B-O-U-N-D.com. Henry, good to talk to you again. Hey, man, it's good to be with you. Congratulations on, on trust. I think a lot of people have wanted you to write about trust for a really long time, but I'm curious, why now? Why suddenly did you go, okay, it's time to actually give some thoughts and help people through this? You know, it's kind of one of those things where, you know, the stars line up, you're not really planning it in a very intentional way, but then the moment comes for it. This particular model, if you will, you know, for probably over 10 years, Don, when I work with companies and, you know, CEOs and their teams and cultures and get called into, into these situations and whether it's a performance issue or a person issue or a team issue, you don't get very far in there where it's not going to require some aspect of either somebody trusted the wrong person and there's a breakdown mm-hmm. or Somebody needs to trust where they're not. You know, you're never scaling anything. If you can't let go of stuff and somebody and trust somebody to go to their job, it may be building a brand. You know, a brand has got to be trusted by stakeholders, investors, customers. So all of this stuff really always gets into trust. But then I started to kind of see that when you're in one of those situations, it's sort of like a boxer, you know, they get dinged in the middle of the ring and it kind of, it takes a second to figure out their bearings. Well, that's what these situations feel like. And I thought it would be helpful to just have a little bit of an anchor model, sort of like a dashboard. You know, you're flying through the fire. You got to go to instruments, right? 
if I could just have some boxes in this scenario, do I hire this person? Are they trustworthy? Even if they're honest, they might not be trustworthy to really do pull off what I need them to pull off. Or do I do business with this vendor? Or do I join with this investor? Or how do I build trust in a team? I think people are experiencing so much of a breakdown in trust that it was probably why it gathered so much interest. Yeah, man, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, when you when you actually think about what's going on in culture, what's going on in society, it does feel like an erosion of trust. It feels like age demographics have lost trust and faith in each other, certainly on the political spectrum, at least in the binary spectrum. Republicans don't t- trust Democrats. Cities don't trust rural communities. And some Republicans don't trust the other Republicans and some Democrats don't trust the other. I mean, you got, you know, it's just yeah. like a continuum. I remember when um, I, I did some crazy one summer 10 years ago, rode my bicycle across America. And one of the in- most interesting things that I discovered on that bicycle ride across America is that America was actually filled with good people. And then you'd yeah. go home and you'd watch the news and you didn't think that they, there was any good people. And, and you kind of get back out there like, wait a second, where are all these awful people? There? What happens when trust gets eroded? I want to get into the framework here in a second. But what happens to you personally when trust gets eroded in the fabric of society? Literally, like you don't know if you have neighbors or people who are going to back you up. What happens to you? Well, you either hit pause and you don't move forward or... You move forward in a, you know, in a more fight way, you know, fight, flight or freeze, or you pull away. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the book starts with the, the really the neurobiology of how we're wired to trust. You know, humans are wired neurologically, biochemically, psychologically, emotionally, anatomically. Your whole system, your entire system, 24-7 is asking one question around the clock before asks anything else. And that question is, am I safe? Mm. So, I mean, right now, you know, we've been sitting here, people listening have been sitting there and yeah, noticed it, but for the last few minutes, you've been breathing. Mm. Well, that took a lot of work all the way down your spinal column, into your gut, into your heart, your skin temperatures and sensors and your nose. That question is sort of like the green light on your home alarm. Everything's fine. Keep breathing. And so when we're breathing, you're careless. You're not thinking about it. So you're just doing it because the system is, says it's okay. Well, we're wired to trust because you can't scale anything in life without trust. But then once you smell a fume, the system goes, whoa, what is that? You know, did my dog fart or have I got a gas leak? You know, you, you, <laughs> and sometimes you go, oh, it's okay. And you move forward. But sometimes you run out of the house. And right now, people are locking their doors to their trust muscle. Yeah. Are there people who experience something when they were younger and it causes them to not be able to trust as easily when they get older, which affects the quality of their relationships? And everything else. I mean, even their business. You yeah. know, I in the book, I, I chronicle a story in there of two guys that started a business together. Great friends. They trusted each other. And like a lot of, you know, small businesses, that's where big businesses come from, right? And, and it was a going thing after a few years. And then all of a sudden they had investors knocking on the door, private equity firms. And they really had the ability to go multiple X past where they were if they took on an outside investor. And everything was exactly the right time to do it, the right reasons. They vetted all the people. 
it was the right firm. As they moved forward, they got down almost to the end, and one of the partners said, no, I'm not doing it. And so it was about to really cause a problem. So I get called in, and we get into the reality of this, John. There was no business reason to not do this. Mm. I mean, all the boxes were checked, and it could establish all of their dreams, everything they worked for. But we got into it. And I get one-on-one with this guy and we're talking about it. And he's kind of talking around this and that. And all of a sudden he goes, I will not let anybody tell me what I'm going to do in my own house. I said, house? I said, yeah, my my business. I said, you said house. Hmm. We started talking about it. And his dad was an autocratic. He had no choices. And he had a dinged trust muscle. And what he was afraid of was giving up any control. And he was still going to have over 50% of the company, but he felt like any big entity or anybody else, and that was hidden, that was hidden a wound in him. Same reason why some people can't delegate, same reason they question everything. I saw that email, you know, the trust muscle can get dinged and our patterning gets wired in a way where we're hypervigilant and we have a lot of false negatives. We say no when we ought to say yes as we do false positives, and those can be really painful. False negatives tend to cost us on opportunity costs. False positives, when we say yes, when the person's not trustworthy through the dimensions we'll talk about, that can be a train wreck. I agree with you. Everything is built on trust. When you're running a small business, your team has to trust that they're safe with you, that their future is safe with you, that you're going to be fair. But then you also have to hire people and trust them with your business and with your vision. What are some just practical red flags that you would see, maybe even just in the hiring process, where you would say, hey, not saying no, what are some red flags? What are the things that you'd look for to just go, hey, you might not want to trust this person, or at least you want to do some due diligence here? What I tried to do in the book was give up the algorithm. We don't just trust. There's some things that have to come together finally where we hit the green button and go forward. But the first one, Don, is basically, and humans can't get away from this, it's neurological in its basis. And that is, we can trust somebody, we begin to trust them when we feel like they understand me. When they really get me, they know what's important to me, they know what hurts me, they know what I fear, they know what makes me happy, they know what this business needs. And when they really get it, then it starts with a baby. I mean, we have mirror neurons. This is built into the system. When they hear the tones when they feel that emotional presence, somebody's really with them and mommy's nodding and you know they're responding to their, then the system starts to open up and it moves towards, it moves towards. And it really starts with getting, you want to evaluate somebody, watch how they listen. That's where it starts. You know, there's a proverb that says, he who gives an answer before he listens, before he understands is a fool. And this is what you see people do. You know, you're going to hire somebody. They're coming in trying to persuade you. But what about when you start to talk about what the business is, what it needs, and you're trying to pull out from them kind of how that fit is, and you don't feel like they're really getting it, what you're about, that's a big red flag. And it comes from really deep listening. If you're trying to negotiate a deal and you really don't understand because you haven't deeply listened what the real need of the other party is, they may be arguing on terms and that's not even the real need. I was talking about this in a leadership forum one day and a guy walks up to me afterwards. He says, I'm the lead hostage negotiator for the FBI. 
I'm the guy that goes in when they got a, the guy's got a bomb strapped to him in a bank with 20 hostages. Everything you just described is our entire training program. We don't go in and try to convince them, dude, this is a bad idea. You know, they, you don't do that. You walk in and say, hey, I'm, I'm Don. They sent me in here to talk to you. What's your name? And they get the name and then they ask a question. So how do we get here today? Tell me what's going on. And they're pulling out of them and then they're ascertaining who is this I'm really dealing with? And when we feel for that from the other side, like somebody's doing that with us, we really sense that they get us. You know, how many times do people walk out of a meeting and everybody's going, how'd it go? And they go, he didn't get it. He didn't hear it. You know, that's where the gaslighting and the invalidating and all that stuff comes from. But that's the first one. But somebody can understand us, but so do seductive con artists. They'll use that empathy and that connection to then get in. And the second box we got to check is, What's their agenda? What's their motive? Why do they want to do this for me? And sometimes you've even been on a team. The team's trying to do something. There's this one person, they got an agenda and it sneaks out and they're trying to move things their way. Every relationship, we have mutual interests, but when you feel like it's really all about them and they don't have your back, that's not trustworthy because it's going to go well as long as it works well for them, but it's something you need them watching out for. This happens all the time. I mean, even, you know, you take a marriage when it's all about what one person wants and their motives are trying to make the whole thing work just for them. It's not, it's, it doesn't work. I mean, how many times have you had people trying to schmooze you, but you're wondering, what are they after here? So the motive is is the second one. And then there's, there's three more we can hop into, but. I want to hop into the three more. And then I've got some questions about applying this to sort of customer business relationships. I'll list them real quick, but but I was going to say, say something about you. Years ago, when I first heard your you know your story kind of orientation, I remember one of the first things you said. We were at an offsite with a company we we both have done a lot of work with, and you were talking about their marketing message. And but you said most people come out and their website, you look at it, and it's all about them and what they can do for you. You know, <laughs> we can do this and this, and you go, it's not about you. It's about the person. <laughs> That's got to trust you. What's in it for them? They're going to go there and they want to know you understand what they need. I mean, it even goes into building any kind of trust anywhere. So, okay. So let's say, for example, you know, you, you and I both had, had knee replacements. Yep. Let's say you go to your, your knee surgeon doc and he understands you. He goes, man, I, I can see this thing is you know, and you really feel like he understands you. And then you feel like it's for you. He's not just trying to bill you. He's not just trying to rush you through the system. He wants you to get your life back. And so now his motives are pure. You know, certainly he's going to get paid, but you feel like he really wants my life to work and he's concerned about that. So now we got the first two. So now we're ready to go to Dr. Carve my knee up, right? And then he says, and I'm so excited about doing your knee because I'm an OB-GYN. I've never done a knee before. I've always wanted to. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, then we get to the third box we got to check. Ability. Somebody can be, how many times you see the two friends going to business? They're great friends. They trust each other. Wouldn't it be fun if we work together? And so they start a business and then one of them finds out my great friend that I trust so well to understand me a good motives, he doesn't really have the ability to run a business. I'm tethered to somebody who doesn't have the competency I need to pull this off. This happens all the time. You see a great COO for 10 years. CEO retires, they promote him to CEO, and the comp- company languishes. 
I tell the story in the book. I, I went into one of these and I said, how did he become the CEO? That He was our COO. He did everything. It was so awesome. And everybody loved him. And he reorganized supply chains and distribution. So we promoted him to CEO. And I said, where did he get the E? They said, what do you mean? I said, he was a COO, but now he's a CEO. Where did he get the E? And they said, we promoted him. I said, no, you put him in the chair, but where did he get the E chip? Because I don't see an E chip operating right now. Mm. And that's why this is floundering. So trust is contextual. You know, we can trust somebody for a lot of big things in one context, but sometimes we have to say this, they're not right for this particular thing. And we can't, we can't go forward. The Hustle Daily Show, hosted by Zachary Crockett, Rob Cohen, Rob Litterst, and Juliet Bennett Ryla, is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. The Hustle Daily Show brings you a healthy dose of irreverent, offbeat, and informative takes on business and tech news. A recent episode you should check out is called Why Hollywood Writers Are on Strike. It really dives deep into how the streaming economy was not paying off for writers and all the reasons why they're on strike. Plus, they break down how AI is entering the wedding space, along with all the details around Uber and Burger King reporting strong earnings. Listen to The Hustle Daily Show wherever you get your podcasts. And now, back to the show. So then then I find out, you know, and you find out your knee surgeon's awesome, right? He's got good motives, he understands you, he's capable, you know, he's great. So then he says, all right, well, let's go schedule it. So we walk down the hall, you know, to the scheduling desk. And all of a sudden, I stumble. There's a dead body lying in the hall, <laughs> right? And, and you go, what is that? And he said, well, that's, that's, that's the guy I operated on yesterday. That, that, that didn't work out so well. But let's go schedule yours. Well, now we're into the track record. <laughs> the best predictor of the future is the past, unless something has really changed and has a new track record. Yeah. So we got to have a track record in there. But then lastly, let's say he's got all that. And then he says, I'm going to do one of these in about an hour. You know, the operating room has a theater. And if you want to watch one, which I wouldn't do, don't go watch it before you have it, right? (laughs) 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 But what if I did that? So I'm looking in the window and Dr. Trustworthy starts carving. Then like five minutes into it, he goes, oh, crap, he's bleeding. The guy's bleeding. Somebody do something. Well, I need somebody that's cool under pressure. And that's that's the fifth component that... Does their personal makeup fit what I'm going to entrust them with? You put somebody in a turnaround situation, what if they're the kind that needs attaboys or girls all the time? They need a lot of positive feedback to feel good about themselves. No, we want somebody that just eats problems for breakfast. If anything positive is going on, they're bored. They, they want negative stuff, you know, and they're wired that way. And a Navy SEAL brother-in-law, if the bad guys are coming after me, I want Mark. But if my dog dies, I don't want Mark. I can't cry on his shoulder. He'll tell me, go get another one. <laughs> What's wrong with you? It's a dog. I want somebody empathic, but I don't want the empathic friend protecting me from the bad guys because their makeup, the courage these guys have. So you put all five of those together, somebody really understands your needs. Somebody really is not only just for their agenda, but has got your back and wants everything they do to be good for you. They got the ability to pull it off. Their makeup is such that it fits the context. And they got a track record of that. Then that's as close as you can get to dealing with humans. I mean, bad people happen to good people. There are Bernie Madoffs that are able to dupe some very smart, experienced people. But that's more rare that are making a decision without really, really checking all the boxes. 
you can apply this to so many places. You can apply it to relationships with your team. You can apply it to relationships, of course, with your family, your personal relationships. As you talk, I'm thinking you can apply it so easily to your relationship with customers. You know, if you're shipping product, if you're overselling and under delivering, you're going to have a short shelf life as a business because you're eroding trust. And at some point, especially in the startup phase, when you're trying to get things going, it's so hard to sit there and think about, wait a second, are we delivering more than what the customer expects and building trust and building word of mouth and those kinds of things? And it can crush your business if you don't build trust. What are some things that these small business owners who are listening, what are some things that we can actually do to build trust with our customers? First of all, you know, the old thing sitting on the airplane, they go, put the mask on you before you try to help the person next to you. If the house is solid and everything's happening well in the house, then that house is going to treat the neighbors around the house in better ways than if the house is in turmoil. You know, because that happens, right? If if things aren't going well on the team, they'll go talk to one of your customers sometime. How do you like working there? No, I mean, you know, I don't know. So it's got to be going well on the inside. We have to be building strong trust in the building. But then once you do that, I love to get with teams and I love for leaders to get with their teams. And let's put the customer up on the board. And we'll do this in an offsite. We'll put the customer up on the board, ABC company. We just go down the categories. How well do you feel like they really understand that we understand what they need from us? How much have we just gone and listened to them? How much do we know the nuances of, you know, if we sell them this thing, what happens to them if it breaks down? Or what happens to them if we're late on something? Or what? And when they feel like, and they start hearing you say stuff like, I just want to go through this with you because. If this were to ever break, I I think it would cause you problems. And you're anticipating their problems and their needs. They feel like, whoa, (laughs) this is good. And then you go down the, the next one. How much do we feel like we really are for them? We really want them to succeed. And I've had you know, vendors that I work with that, that will call me and, and send me stuff unrelated to their business and say, hey, I found this. I think this would help you. And it might be a referral to somebody or even a competitor sometimes. You know what? And I want something from them. I go, you know what? There's somebody that actually does that better than we do. Hmm. Now they really want me to win. So just, it's just, and you just take the customer, go down the categories, and then you start figuring out action steps. Let's name two things that we could do with this customer, each one of these categories, get somebody to go own that step and go do that with the customer. It's a different deal. Yeah, totally different. It is so counterintuitive to sit there and do that, sit there and say, hey, today we're going to dedicate the next three or four hours just thinking about what our customers are experiencing. Small business is nothing but problem solving over and over and over all day, which can get you frozen looking in your belly button. That's right. The real opportunity for you is not in your belly button. It's out there with your customers. I I think that's terrific advice. All right. Finally, Henry, if you've broken trust with somebody, broken trust with customers, if you have messed up, if you have not delivered the product that you said you're going to deliver... Or if you have, uh, you know, talked behind somebody's back, or if you've lied to somebody or whatever, you know, how do you rebuild trust when it is broken? Number one, it's not a light switch. And sometimes people want to go in, Don, and they want to apologize. You know, I promise, I'm so sorry, it'll never happen again. And they think that from the apology, they're kind of entitled to trust. That can lead to forgiveness. Forgiveness is free. They can forgive you. 
But forgiveness has to do with what happened yesterday. Trust is about tomorrow. Hmm. And that's got to be earned, just like we should have earned it the first time, right? So I think if you just look at the model, for example, you go to them and say, I blew it, and here's how I blew it. And I just want to hear from you what it did to you. Hmm. What were the effects? And you give them freedom to tell you, this is what it did to me. And you're going to get maybe some anger and you're going to get some woundedness and you're going to get anger. And to the degree that you can, number one, understand that instead of explain it away. Yeah, but we were under this and, you know, you guys didn't really give us the information you need or whatever it is. Just absorb it. What you're interested in then is not being right or wrong. What you're interested in is that they feel like you understand what this did to them. And understanding comes from empathy, but it also, it also comes, I'm going to give you a little three-point formula here. You're going to understand the content. When we did this, when we failed you in this particular way, when we didn't get that delivered or we overcharged you or whatever it was, that really felt, and you, whatever the emotion they're giving you, just name it. And then the consequence. See, people empathize emotionally sometimes, but if you can see that they see that you see the consequence, and that puts your whole thing a month behind, that's mm. bad. So the content of what happened, own it. The emotion that they have, mirror it, and let them know you understand the real consequences. That's where we start. So now they're not in the fight or flight mode. Because if they're in the fight or flight mode, they're either pushing against you or they're moving to another another customer. So now you get it. And then you got to show them the second thing of my motive here is to really, really make this right for you. And you see that you see people that, you know, really do this well. And you really get the feeling that they are so concerned with unraveling the damage and fixing it for you more than they are getting a job done or just kind of fixing a mistake. No, they begin to feel like you really are in it for them. So you really got to kind of walk them through that process. And then you tell them at the end, look, it's going to be hard to, to trust again. I'm, I'm very willing to start small and establish a new track record with you. You tell me what you are willing to do with us. We'll do that and, and we'll show you. I don't expect you after what happened, you know, just to turn a blind eye. And you show them that you are in the business of making them feel. Remember I said about breathing? You don't have to worry about it. You're in the business of making them feel so comfortable. They don't have to watch their back anymore. That's going to take a minute. Yeah. But it's worth it. So, Don, you hadn't hit this yet, but you will. You know what's in your future? You're going to sit in the passenger side of a car (laughs) with a teenager that just got their learner's permit. I remember that day. I trusted Olivia to drive a golf cart. I trust her. We practice in parking lots, but this is the day we go out on the road. And it's a real street. So we go down, we go, we go to the first stop sign, and she kind of like rolls through it a little bit. She didn't really fully stop. And I said, Olivia, you didn't come to a complete stop. She goes, Dad, I know how to drive. I went, Olivia, pull over. She pulls over, and I said, let me tell you how you can know that you know how to drive. You can know that you know how to drive. When I can sit over here and not fear for my life, that's when you know you can drive. Mm. That's what you want your customer to feel. Mm. They can rest because you got it. Man, that is a good aspiration right there. Thanks for writing the book, Henry. The book is called Trust, Knowing When to Give It, When to Withhold It, How to Earn It, and How to Fix It When It Gets Broken. If 
I were smart, it'd be it'd be called trust made simple. But I'm not I'm not as smart. as <laughs> uh, Also, I, you're one of my favorite follows on Instagram. Is it Doctor Henry Cloud? Is that the one that Doctor Henry Cloud official? Doctor Henry Cloud official. You'd give some of the best advice. I mean, you really do. You're nailing that. And um, man, sure appreciate you. Love knowing you, and thanks for helping us all out today. So many more things that I wanted to talk about with him. However, at the end of every episode, I do give you a plan of action, and it's something that you can do to immediately see some kind of results based on what we talked about today. We could do a lot. I mean, you get the book, get the audio book, and listen to it. But but let me do something that I think would actually move the needle for you really amazingly well, because it's something that as I talked to, to Henry, it's something that I thought, okay, I, I want to do this. I want to make two lists. I want to make a list of things, characteristics about me, and I suggest you do the same about you, that are trustworthy, right? I mean, here are some things. I deliver things on time. I tend to deliver things that are that beat expectations in terms of quality. And then actually make the opposite list. Actually say, when I do this, I probably lose trust. As I talked to Henry, I don't know if it happened to you, but as I talked to Henry, there were things that I thought about that I thought, oh man, I, I probably broke trust with that person a couple of days ago when I had a conversation with them, you know, because of the way I reacted or something like that. I wonder if we make a a sort of pros and con list. Like here's here's the things that I do that are trustworthy. Here are the things that I do that aren't. I wonder if we could live more fully into the list of things that are, we're already doing extremely well and simply be aware, be cognizant of the things that we are doing that are actually eroding or, or breaking trust. You know, so many of the problems that you and I face and you and I get into, the tension, the sleepless nights, the sense of anxiety or the feel of anxiety that we experience happen because we are trusting somebody that we should not trust or we have broken trust somewhere. And so if we can get good at knowing what we're good at and live more fully into that and knowing where we aren't very trustworthy and we can fix that, we can erode so much of the the anxiety and tension that we just experience every day. So make a pro and con list. Make a here's what I'm good at in terms of building trust. Here's what I'm bad at in terms of building trust. You know, you might even want to put a third thing. Here's the, there's the sort of yahoos that I've trusted in the past that I probably should not trust anymore. Maybe there's a third list in there for us too. What I'm really getting at though is self-awareness. The controlling idea is if we want to build trust and get better at being trustworthy, we're going to have to be self-aware. All right, everybody. Thanks as always for listening to the Business Made Simple podcast, where we help you optimize your small business for revenue and profit using our six-step plan. We'll see you again next week.